Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Did you ever watch The Twilight Zone? God, remember The Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was oh, down on yeah, basic glasses. What about the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own, and then this one came back, and it was over two weeks, and the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute, and turned into black. You, you want to see something really scary? You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey, a journey. See, it's already a... Welcome to Zoning Out, everybody. <laughs> we did it already. We boned that, it. That's it. You should keep that. That should yeah, be... Yeah, that's, that's the... Uh, the French. That's the thing. Well, everybody, welcome to Zoning Out. My name is Christopher Feinstein. This is the comprehensive Twilight Zone review, rewatch, conversation, hangout, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're doing. Again, I'm your host, Christopher Feinstein. I'm the host of Haunted American History. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go around and meet everybody quick before we get into this. Let's, uh, John. You want to start us off? Sure. This is John Sachs. Uh, should I do? Should I do first memory? Yeah, we're gonna go through. Yeah, do you, what's your what's what's your first memory of the Twilight Zone? It's definitely I. I, I it's got to be like four or five years old, and then it's the Ackroyd and Brooks. And him asking, "Do you want to see something really scary from the movie?" From the movie, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. even think I, I don't even know when I saw the actual show. Actual show is probably like seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. But I just like I I can really remember seeing that Ackroyd thing and being like legitimately terrified. It like it's one of those things where you you look back and you're like, why why did my parents let me watch that thing? Yeah. You know, like it's it's going to be stuck in my brain forever. Just that's like an indelible, creepy thing in my head. It's a, it's a core memory. Yeah, it's stuck. It's not going anywhere. So uh, on the, the show, obviously, this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about The Twilight Zone. We're going to go through each episode, from starting from this right here. This is season one, episode one. And we're going to travel throughout the whole series and talk about each one. Uh, for you, John, what's uh, the episode you're most excited to, to get to? See, see, part of the reason I'm excited to do this is because... Uh, I feel like I've seen way more episodes than I think I have. Like the ones I'm really excited to get to are like the cliche classic ones. Like I, the beholder, right? right. With like the pig face reveal and, and time right. enough at last. Like those are like cliche picks. Right. But right. those are the, you don't realize. Sorry. No, but those are the ones that like, I, like if I just saw the thumbnail, I could tell you the whole plot. But I, I've right. probably seen like a ton of these episodes and I just don't remember. And I'm going to and then I'm, we'll be watching one and I'm like, oh, I've seen this. And like, this is the reason I'm terrified of canoes because of this weird ass <laughs> scene from like episode 77. And like, it'll all come back. Yeah, it's like, uh, what is it? I have the, is it, uh, is it uh, I, the, I the Beholder? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's yeah, the one the where the guy that's he's the, the last guy. Right. Uh it's surprising because, like, you know, going through the show now and 
you know, just looking through the episodes quick, preparing to like do the show. And you realize how early in the series that that episode is. Mm. It's like right. It's one of the first couple of episodes. I think it's episode six. Obviously, I'm jumping ahead, but that, you know that we'll get there. But it's it's you know you have some of these episodes that you think like oh that has to be later on in the show because it's such a, like a great you know usually shows their first you know have as the first season kind of jitters where it's like still trying to figure itself out and it's like you know it struggles in quality I guess right a lot of shows first seasons usually like the weak season but Twilight Zone they come come out the gate swinging uh Frank Frank you want to give us a little uh, update what's up say hello. Hey. What's going on? My name's Frank Bonacci, uh, writer-director of the film Welcome to the Future, a Comic-Con movie uh, available for free on YouTube if anybody wants to watch. Thank you very much. Plug right off the bat. (laughs) Plug right off the bat. I have no shame. Shameless. Shameless. Please watch my movie. Uh, My first memory of Twilight Zone is weird because I – it shares the same headspace with a lot of shows because they were like WPIX in New York, like like typical fare. If you ever like uh, grew up in New York and had that channel, um, it's like that honeymooners and all those shows for me were just like m- like indicators that I was up too late and my mother's gonna start screaming at me to go to sleep <laughs> if I was up too late because I hear I'd hear like the hu- I'd hear dun, 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 the honeymooners and I just you know and I I'd start I still have PTSD when I hear it because I just think of my mother whose indoor voice is like a normal person shrieks for help. <laughs> like that's the volume she operates on. You gotta go to sleep. I'm, just like, oh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm still not right from that. Um, so like I just remember it vaguely that way. But I think it's like with you, Chris. Uh, I remember it just from like New Year's Eve. Like the like that's when I really started watching it. Right. Or maybe when it started running it on the Sci Fi Network in the early nineties. Yeah, because like, that's when it was just on a lot. It's like you know, let me watch right. this stupid show. Yeah, I mean, like for me, it was. New Year's Eve, that was tradition. New Year's Eve, you watch the Twilight Zone. You sat down in front of the television and from, a, from a child, from a, an age that you shouldn't probably have been watching the show. But, I, I you know, I feel, Frank, you, you'll probably remember this, have an exposure nope. to um, hmm. young, being exposed to uh, inappropriate things at a young age because of when... <laughs> Our grandparents, the only VHS tape they had in the house, besides World War II documentaries, was Last House on the Left. Dude, that's wow. insane. I, you just hit me with that. I was like, oh, my God. I remember watching that. Me and Chris are cousins, by the way, so that's yes. how we're, that, yeah, that's that's how how we're that's, familiar. That's, the, with that's how the connection. <laughs> yeah. He's also one of the stars of Welcome to the Future on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, uh, that's so, terrible. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, she had like, and it had like, remember the old VHS tapes, they, those old, um, those, uh, what's it called, like type print, those little printers, like label printers, where it was yes. just like the black and the white, like raised lettering, and it had like the tapes like that, that's like how a lot of bootlegs and shit came, and uh, yeah, I was just like, let's watch Last on the Left, and like, I think I knew it was from Freddy Krue- it was from a Nightmare on Elm Street director, Wes Craven, and I was like excited, I'm like, oh, and then it's just like women's being relentlessly sexually assaulted for like an hour mixed with mixed with like really weird off-putting goofy comedy from the cops where they're like goofy is this it's tonally all over the place that movie i i don't and i remember just watching it and meemaw just walking back and forth i don't like that he's watching this (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like, but why was this in the off. house? I'm six, then shut the movie off. Yeah, I don't have sense. I don't have the cognitive ability to understand what's under like that. This is wrong for me to watch. You have to be the adult and shut it off. Right. There was nothing to watch in the house. It was either Wheel of Fortune, World War II documentaries, or that one tape, and yeah. that was it. That was all they had. It was under. Uh, uh, it's vivid. It's burnt into my head. Yeah, I, I remember there, the tape. Just sitting there underneath the TV, all the World War II documentaries standing up, like two two cassette, te- you know, sets, and right. Yeah, the time lights. Those are like right. time life special sets. Right, right, right. And right in the middle was the Last House on the Left, and that was the first time I watched that movie when I was a way, way too young to. Oh, like I told you, to like our our parents were. They just weren't good, like <laughs> telling no. us what we weren't allowed to watch. I think I think this is our I think our generation got screwed more than any generation in terms of watching movies we shouldn't be watching, right? Because yeah. like if you go earlier, the movies weren't messed up. Then when like horrible movies started getting made, we were just young enough to get exposed to it. Whereas now, like kids are sheltered from the movie, so I don't think right. any, I don't think any generation like got left alone to watch last house in the left like no, that's right purely our demographic right like justin you're the youngest one out of all of us yeah i so had I live mean, leak that was a big problem <laughs> oh, oh well God, you know what I, that's true you know what i didn't even think of that yeah your internet you had probably and, a, yeah a worse, i'm all fucked up <laughs> you probably had a worse uh than, than finding last house on the left it's like yeah, I, yeah. I watched the man's hands get cut off because yeah, he stole yeah. an apple <laughs> We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, Justin Feinstein. I'm Chris's brother, Frank's cousin, and John's new friend. Uh, my first memory of Twilight Zone was you guys making me watch the doll episode. I was probably five or six years oh, old. Talking, talking to you. John, do me a favor. Just take yeah. a step back from the mic for a second. Too close? Yeah, yeah you're a oh, little bit boy. too close. You muffled Overpower? Yeah, now you're good. Perfect. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> you're uh, eating that mic, son. Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> this is good that we work out the kinks this way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, just yeah. like my show, so this is what I do. Perfect. I do it live. We're going to do it live. <laughs> do right, it live. Better now? Yeah, you're perfect. Okay. Go ahead, continue. Sorry. Talking uh, Tina is probably the show, the yes, episode you're yes. talking about. Telly uh, Savalas. And that's, that's when I noticed Telly Savalas had no fingers. He was missing a lot of fingers. You ever notice that? Go watch Kojak. He's missing a lot of fingers, that man. Way too many. Anyway, sorry, Justin. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, I mean... I'm looking forward to seeing the the whole series, but Monsters Do on Maple Street is probably like my favorite standout episode. Oh, I didn't get to mine because Justin was a scumbag and cut me off. But yes, that's my that's actually my pick for my favorite episode. Uh, I'm so Judd, you I'm, have to pick again. I beat Frank, you. Frank. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to pick again. Yeah, we're gonna uh, peak early because I think that's a season one episode, isn't it? Really? So far, we've named two season one episodes. Yeah, is there more and- than one season? There's yeah, five seasons. There's five seasons. Oh, you don't Ooh. even know. That should yeah, be your series one. You weren't really exposed yeah. to no. the Twilight Zone like we were. Like 
obviously you were watching beheadings on the internet instead of Rod <laughs> Serling narrate. It's like, hey, yeah. dude, I'm gonna watch Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go watch this honor killing that's on freaking Rotten.com right now. I watched the man's feet get taken from him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Consumption Junction has some fun stuff on there. <laughs> Remember that Consumption one? Consumption oh. Junction. Oh my god. Yes. That's a deep yeah. cut. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, for me it's probably going to be uh, you know, next stop Willoughby. That's mm. probably one of my favorite episodes ever, but let's get into it, you know. Episode 1, which uh had an air date of uh what was it? October 2nd, 1959. Where is everybody? Uh, I would like to go into some little backstory, like before we get jump into the Twilight Zone proper, like what sure. Rod, the the guy Rod Serling's whole deal was yeah. leading up to this. Like Rod Serling was like this journeyman writer. He was working like in like local stuff in TV and radio, bouncing around from station to station, and he finally got like his big break when he put out the he his script for the teleplay patterns, which was like this boardroom drama, which I've never seen. I actually that's not true. I did see it like years ago, but the the film version. They did like a TV teleplay, live like a live teleplay. And uh that was like his big break. He got a little heat off that. And then he, a few years later he does his big his big like holy shit. This is this guy's this guy just got made was uh Requiem for a uh, Requiem for a Heavyweight, which was just huge like in television. Yeah. Uh I can't wait to talk about that in a little bit. Uh and so, like, yeah, like, he's doing that. He does those kind of things. And, like, hey, we got a show. He's like, hey, pick a show. And he's just like, we like uh, shows like X. There's been, like, a there's been like a lot of anthology shows up to that point. Like, right the right around the same time, like, right before the show dropped was a similar show with, like, a, a same format host coming out and, like, introducing everything called One Step Beyond, which came out in January of 59. Uh, but, uh, and there was, I don't think those two, I think because he's been trying to get the show off since 58 because like science fiction, like this is 59. This is when science fiction is like cooking. Like, you know, there's like no real science. I mean, there's no. gothic sci-fi. So the fifties is where like, we're in the atom age, baby. Right. And it's just like, it's all atomic bombs and, and flying saucers. Yeah. And like, these things are big in the, these things are big in films. They're mostly kitty fair and stuff, but they like, you know, like it's like most things that are popular in film. It's like, okay, now it's come to television. And, you know, like, so like, we need like, we need like a science fiction show. And plus there was like big popular radio shows on at that time, like X minus one, which is dope. Like if you, like, I, I listen to that to go to sleep. Uh, I'm on the autism spectrum, just in case anybody's wondering. That's why I listen to stuff like that. I'm going to have to remind people of that uh, periodically when I start getting into my, when I start hyper fixating, uh, like I'm doing now. Yeah. So then Twilight Zone hits, you know, like he's just like anything. He was the golden boy after uh, Requiem for a Heavyweight. Um, so the, he's like, you yeah, pick, pick what you want to do. And like, you know, and he's like, yeah, give me this. And, you know, the show's a writer's dream, like, because he could just do whatever he wants every week. And like really had like, you know, and he had like strong, and as you'll see in the show, like he had strong opinions on stuff. Like that's the thing. Like he oh, was yeah. like a strongly opinionated guy. So he just, this show was just like, here, here's like a good platform for me to really like hammer home like my beliefs. And it's great. So like, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, you look at TV at the time also, like what the big shows were in 1959. It's like, you know, you had Lassie, something like the Twilight Zone coming on. I can't imagine like you sitting down, oh, let's check out this new program. Come on, honey, it's let's really, gather around. Yeah, the biggest show at the time was Gunsmoke. Whoa, right. whoa, whoa, and look the, at it roll. Now we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat. <laughs> <laughs> this is, do you want to, can I throw some numbers at you? The, yes, please. This 1959 Gunsmoke is number is the number one show. It has a 40.3 rating. Holy! That means shit. 18 million people are watching each episode, which which is like it's like the Game of Thrones series finale every week. Wow! But this is, this <laughs> is when the population is 177. So it's like one out of every 10 people is watching Gunsmoke. Jesus! Wow! That's insane. That's an, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And like TV had still like it was still like fledgling. Like not yeah right. Not everybody had a TV. Like radio was still still pumping like it wasn't on its way it wasn't out it was in the dvd vcr combo stage of its like you know it was in the bargain bin Mm -hmm. uh, yeah was uh was twilight zone an instant hit i don't i didn't i didn't look into that you know what it wasn't it had like a it had like a 15 rating i mean it wasn't even like a top 20 25 show but think of that 15 rating them was poor 15 rating now they cut their arms off for a 15 rating yeah that's insane. what's the scale i don't i'm not familiar with it it's not nielsen yet Right, it's not real. Yeah, no, but it's like you know, you look at like the big shows, and it's like, oh, we we pulled a two share on a Thursday night. Oh wow! And it's like, so, oh, we got it. We did yeah, it. We did it. We're killing it. A point eight is like normal. Wow. Yeah, a hit on HBO yeah. now is if like three million people watch. That's crazy. Like Euphoria wow. was a hit because three million people watched. <laughs> That's so weird. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, this is like back then. It's just like this was it. This was your prime source of entertainment. Like, if you know, well, like, right? You, it was either that or go kick a can. <laughs> what season is it. that in? <laughs> That's an episode. Right, right, right. And in the movie, they had to make it. They had to. They made. They honored they made America's it. pastime. It's like go, <laughs> just go kick garbage. It's either we kick garbage or we go in and watch television. Mike Ferris finds himself alone in the small Oakwood town and without recollection about his name, where he is, or who he is. Mike wanders throughout the town trying to find a living soul. The tensions increase as Mike has a breakdown. Uh, a couple of cool things uh, about the production of this episode. Um, it, this is the only episode uh, shot on the Universal backlot, which I f- do. When you pointed it out, it's like, oh, yeah, that's Hell Valley from Back to the Future. Yeah. And you see it like there's a shot when he's like exiting the diner and it's like they show it's like that's the clock tower. Like it wasn't dressed up like the clock, but that's that building. That's right. It's it's unmistakable. It's like, yeah, oh, my God, there it is. And, uh, and it's amazing how much that shows up in. You know, it's funny. Like I have caught it like a lot of TV, especially like 70s TV movies. You see that place all the Constantly. time. Well, I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, right. Bye yeah. Bye bye, Birdie. Yeah, that's the universe. You know, it back- was the right. They, you know, it was considered the To Kill a Mockingbird set before Back to the Future came and you know took it. Gremlins. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, it's Gremlins too. Yeah. Um, the guy. It's funny. I looked at the credits, and uh, Bud Westmore was credited as the head makeup guy, which is the only episode because he was Universal's head of makeup, and he's the guy who. Uh, well, we're finding out now that's not necessarily true, but he's the guy who's often credited with creating the creature from the Black Lagoon and the monsters makeup. Uh, he was the universal makeup guy. Um, he was the head of the department. So I don't know if he actually did the makeup on it because like we found that found out like creature from the black lagoon, like everybody says, Oh, Bud Westmore creature from black lagoon. It's just like, yeah, that was, uh, designed by like some woman, uh, that worked for him and they didn't give her credit. And uh, people, 
her name was Millicent something, and it's just like, hey, Millie, how's that fish monster coming? <laughs> <laughs> when you're done mocking up that fish monster, I would like a sandwich pronto. That oh, that's man. a good girl. <laughs> be a be a sport, would you? Be a sport, would you? Show those legs. Show those gams. <laughs> Poor Millie. I saw her name Millicent. It's like, oh, you know, there's a name you don't yeah. see anymore. Yeah, especially you, you know, it's another name you don't see anymore. I was looking up Earl Holloman. Like he sounds like a Southern sheriff. That name, <laughs> Big Earl Holloman for your sheriff. The wrestler, Big Earl Holloman. <laughs> the, I looked him up. Uh, he's 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 one of those actors who's in. A, he has like a million TV credits. Um, the one credit that I was like, uh, like I was like, oh right, he's in. Uh, one of my favorite movies from the fifties is uh forbidden planet. And he plays the ship's cook. Um, that's the biggest like credit, like the most recognizable one for me. It's just like, and that's just like, you know, an episode of Beretta, you know, he's like, he worked like he worked a lot of decades, that dude. And the guy who directed it was, uh, oh God, I, I didn't write his name down, but, uh, he, his last directing credit, like he directed the first, the pilot of twilight zone. And his last directing credit was uh, an episode of amazing stories. Robert Stevens. Robert Stevens, thank you. Bobby Stevens, good old Bobby Stevens. Uh, what did everybody think of the episode? Um, for the you know for a for a pilot essentially, that's essentially what it was. I mean, did did they do pilot season back then? I don't think so, right? I, I mean, think it was pilots the, were more an in-house thing. Yeah, you know I mean, like, like show it around. Like this is like well for a premiere. Let's put it yeah. that way. For a premiere, um, I I, I think it was strong. It, was, yeah, it, it really was sets creepy. the tone. It sets the tone for the show. And again, like you think of the sh- like, like you said, Gunsmoke, Lassie. Those are the shows on at the time. I can imagine tuning into that and just being like, "What the fuck is going on?" What was great about like his stuff was that they were like they weren't like they were mo- they were more character pieces that, I, that you see a lot with Rod Sterling. It's like they were more just really heightened character pieces than science like they're more concerned right. with the character aspect in the science fiction which is what i like as an adult when i watch it i'm like wow i really appreciate that like he really was really observant of character yeah and like it's important and it's like i like how he just starts to like they do they do that device like how do we get information out because it's a one-hander for the majority of the episode right and he's we're just like how is like how is he going to convey information it's just like having like they don't do this much anymore because and as a person who disassociates a lot, I, I, I'm, I'm annoyed that they don't do this. Stuff. He just yammers to himself like a loony. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's in the diner, he's like, oh, cash money here. I have 25. <laughs> I have $200 and 85 cents. I want a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> and French fried potatoes. An extraordinary amount of pies on that counter in that diner. Dude, Did anyone else so notice that? The best I, looking I ice cream ever. Too. Oh, that ice! Oh, that was later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he but, just goes and eat. Like, dude, that's just, like my dream. my dream. So my dream yeah. came true. Is what you're saying? So, this is this is what I want to talk about. This place looks kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, I'm, right. I'm not having. I'm not seeing the problem here. Yeah. <laughs> that was there's like no my people, one which thing. is great. But, no but there, there's coffee like right away. Right away. <laughs> right away. <laughs> Everything works. Fresh. There's electricity. There's ice cream. There's mannequins. Right. Like, so you can have fun like if you want <laughs> you want to. Yeah, I, saying, thought, I thought he was gonna satisfy himself on that one yeah. i thought he was gonna satisfy himself on that one mannequin he had on the ground yeah the one i said that would be a weird t- rod you can't put that in tv this is, children will be watching 
This is what this is what people do when they're alone. <laughs> just think about like how that would play out in the episode. It's like, what's he doing, General? He's just in there, just groping out himself. Oh, Tina, <laughs> just in that little tube. Spoilers. When he spots that mannequin in the was it sitting in the ambulance? What is it? The, so whatever, like the station the, wagon it was yeah, in. The truck. I mean, he's not only suffering from amnesia, but he has to have some sort of brain damage because that did not at anything at all look like a human woman. <laughs> That's why it's, they do it a good job of obscuring it from the audience. Yeah, they, it's really well directed. Like, let's point out like how really well directed the episode is in terms of. I think that's actually my favorite moment of the episode is when you get the reveal that it's the the doll like in the car. Yeah, because it's it's you know it's whatever kind of going going through the motions, but then it's like oh so there's there's still things in the places of people which gives it gives it like a creepy kind of vibe. Right. And again, like I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to look at this through the lens of people in 1959. So it's like, okay, honey, instead of, instead of gun smoke or Lassie this week, why don't we check out the twilight zone? Like, wouldn't you the next day just be insane? Like, you're like, what, <laughs> what is life? Like, who that's are it. we? Like, it's... Just off the couch and out the door. Yeah, that's it. It was more contemplate. Like, that was the thing. That's the word. Like, when you talk about it's like, this is very contemplative for TV back then. Like, this is, like, really yeah. sitting down and, like, like no, really. Like, what would isolation be like? And this is before uh, Matheson, Richard Matheson's uh, I Am Legend book. Oh, no, uh, actually, I Am Legend, the book had come out. So, which is funny because he eventually had Matheson on as a writer. Because I was looking at that. It's like, when did I Am Legend come out? Because this feels like I Am Legend a little bit. Um and yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was inspired. I'm sure he was inspired by that because he had because Richard Matheson inspired just about everybody. Um, but you, you, yeah, it's such an amazing like like chamber piece about like isolation, and it's like you know it's a recurring theme with you know in the show. So it was a good tone yeah. setter this episode for that for that element of the show. Yeah, definitely, definitely, it brought you know something different. It's a great opening image of just the guy walking yeah. alone on the road. Like that's kind of a beautiful place setter for the whole tone of the series. You just like you're dropped in. Serling, Serling says the place is here. The time is now. And the journey we're about to watch could be our journey. So like you, you've set it up so beautifully. Yeah. And it's subtle. You know, it's it's relatively subtle. There's no overt threat or it's just everything looks normal. Yeah. And that's what's creepy. Because there's just one element removed, and that's just other people. Like everything's, everything's functional. Everything's fine. Like that makes it more creepy. Yeah. Like if you if like the episode started, right. and it was like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It would be less uneasy. He talks I, yeah, about I was thinking like, like and, the same thing with I Am yeah, Legend. Right. Like those post-apocalypse. You know, you always have the shot of the guy walking through the city when it's like totally dead. Right. It's just like cars in the middle. Everything's been torn apart. But it's never like this shot. Where it's the guy walks in and mm -hmm. everything is just fine, and there's these dolls and mannequins in the places where people used to be. I mean, it's for, again for like 1959. That's like mind blowing. Yeah, that's got to be creepy. Like, what is this? Like, yeah, that again. It's just like like a lot of shows from that time were very overt. It's just like like the yeah. threat is much more overt because they, they you know it's like you know it's it's they have to be you know it's back then they have to be broad to like. You know, you're trying to, you're, you're trying, that's the thing. He didn't play to the lowest common denominator. It's like, I don't have to make it big. I, this is enough, just this one element removed. It will be enough to really ratchet, like help ratchet. Yeah. Up there's the a tension. reason we're not rebooting Gunsmoke, you know, like 
this came out 63 <laughs> years ago and we're right. still right i mean i can we'll go through this throughout these episodes but like the uh, the amount of influence just like throughout film and tv is like i don't even know what you would compare it to really yeah that's the thing i was like yeah should we even like i was gonna say like the cultural influence like influence impact can't be understated like it's overstated overstated rather because it's like you look at it it's like yeah it's like everybody knows the twilight zone and it like for like dude spielberg you see like i mean obviously he made a movie about it because there's a lot of spielbergian things in there like that would become that you would identify as Spielbergian throughout the show. That would be right. That would become Spielbergian, right? Yeah, I mean, it, the countless, countless amount of you know creators, filmmakers, authors use the Twilight Zone as a starting yeah. point. It's like you know, the project what would Rod that I personally this? put the most time, money, resources, everything into is is a sci-fi thing, standalone episodes. So the stories were different each episode, and the first episode we shot was about a guy living in his house by himself and there's no contact with anyone else. Now I didn't go into that thinking like, I'm just going to rip off the twilight zone, but clearly I kind of did. Right. It's like, so this thing 60 years ago that I just like, yeah, I'm going to try to make this cool new thing. I'm just ripping off the, the twilight zone. Like that's really all I'm doing. You almost can't help it's it. The original, it the Simpsons did it first. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. When it comes to like, like any kind of like horror or off put creepy kind of like tones, it's like, well, I guess the Twilight Zone did it first. And, you know, it's funny. Like, there's like certain shows, there's certain things that like play to your sensibilities. Like, Black Mirror plays to my sensibilities, but like a show like The Twilight Zone right. created those sensibilities for me. Like, because like, it hits you right. so young and it hit a lot, it hit so many people first. It's like, oh, now this is the thing I look for now. This is the kind of thing that I'm drawn yes. to. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like, Obviously, Black Mirror is like the modern equivalent, which I don't think will ever. I don't think like when you like, let's say we go 100 years, Black Mirror will like be talked about. But Twilight Zone, I think, will be talked about more so because it doesn't seem to yeah. go away. It's been 60 years right. and it still hasn't gone away. <laughs> more than 60 years. Still catch it three marathons three times a year. It's like I love Black Mirror, too, oh. but Black Mirror in 10 years might feel dated. This episode from 63 years mm -hmm. ago, I watch and I'm like, this is still a banger. Like the themes, the tone, the vibe, the way it's shot, like it all still kind of clicks for me. Black Mirror is Black Mirror is very much around like these yeah. are things that are are coming around the corner that we should be a little worried about. So in 10 or 15 years, we might look at Black Mirror and be like, ah, all right, like now we're in it. So it could feel it could feel dated in a way. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this. I mean, skipping ahead to like what the wrap up of the episode is, it turns out the whole thing was an experiment. I mean, if you haven't like, I hope you're not listening to this, having not watched the episode, because this would be just weird. I, I don't I think this you should like if you are <laughs> shut it off and put the Twilight Zone on and then come in and, and then come think back. of this as a companion to that. And not something you should just listen, listen to willy nilly, because like we're going to be skipping. Like, I think that frees us up to like skip around the episode as opposed to like. A dry recap. Well, yeah, we can't do it. Is it weird if we mention that it's actually on Pluto, like the first two seasons? Because then people could actually watch it for no, free. No, yeah, we, that should be brought up. Yeah, as of the time of this recording, it's available on, I think, only two streaming platforms at the moment, which is, I think, uh, what is it? Uh, Paramount Plus. Par Paramount and Plus. And Pluto. And Pluto's free, and Pluto. so go for Pluto. 
The first two seasons oh. are free on Pluto, and then after that, it's all available on Paramount Plus. If you have such an option, throw it on and then tune in, or just tune in and listen to us Paris. ramble about. Listen to us Paris. zone out on. Hey, zone out. The Twilight you Zone. Did you get? You guys heard it? You heard what I did? I see what you did. I'm just trying to do something <laughs> subliminal for the audience. So, did you guys watch this episode with headphones? Yeah, on? I heard what you did. It's gonna be okay. Because when? No. I did it while doing doing sit-ups, which well, is when weird. he's in the theater <laughs> running around, like getting real frantic, and he crashes into the mirror. That literally scared the hell out of me. Very, like it got me. <laughs> it very. They did a great. That's another thing, and my favorite, one of my favorite things in the world, and I, I think this is from Twilight Zone, is my favorite thing that to employ for filmmakers to employ is disorientation, and that shot is like like I was so visually confused and then like it, it eventually like the, the shot reveals what had just happened but i was just like wow wow i was disoriented like i felt the disorientation yeah, like disorient so well done god damn you mouth disorientation that he felt feels it's like wow beautifully yeah. done great okay. great direction you know you see a lot of that in our little uh our boy sam raimi you see a lot of that disorientation kind of uh absolutely you know where'd that come yeah, from like yeah, that, this is it's funny, like filmmakers should like really look at like old TV um, because it's a great watching old TV really gives you a better sense. Like, I think a thing that's lost between uh, from like modern television, uh, modern media in general is that editing has become the primary f- mo- like force in like visual entertainment, whereas like thing where back then like you're kind of limited by budget and uh you know by budget and just tech the, techno- technology, technology like and so you really had to like pick your shots really well so these shows are meticulously more so than you see today and even like in even the best stuff a lot of the best stuff is like they really in terms of framing and blocking they're really amazing because that's what they had to le- they couldn't yeah. lean on editing as much so they had to lean on like conveying the information in the way they then in the means they had so like they really took the time to like really put as much information in the frame as you need as you could because they had to and i really really appreciate that about the show like watching like a lot of old that's why i kind of like always glom onto old tv because it's like wow they really had to like really lean on like the blocking in that and when we talk about it requiem for a heavyweight because they are even more limited um, it's amazing when you watch like block, like how well blocked the show is, like where you put the character in, in reference to the camera, like just the shot, the reveal of the dummies, great because it's so they obscure it in such a great way. Just like just like the way they hide it behind his back, but like you know something's wrong, but you can't tell what it is. Like you're hiding something. It's very right. subtle. And again, like now there would be like 18 cuts to that for that moment where it's just like just a couple slow push in. Yeah, and that's the a great point. Because I, I like this like the slow meticulous rhythm of the show was like so appealing to me because it goes back to what you just said right if, if this is done today there's a million cuts and we also feel like we've probably seen it before we've already seen it you know what i mean we have the backstory we know who's in it we saw yeah. we've seen a trailer that's way too long we've seen a trailer that breaks down the trailer and then when we watch it we listen to you know people talk about it and break it down like there's you look like you you lose your actual opinion of it after you watch it Whereas this is just like you're in the world and the next day, like you just think about it. Oh, a cool thing. Uh, you know, Serling wasn't necessarily going to be the the narrator for the show. Really? Like that wasn't like an, uh, a natural 
that was wasn't a choice. A cho- that was, was basically a... circumstance that predicated that. It was a uh, really yeah. They had a guy named Westbrook von you Voorhis. Made, you made that name I've up. Never, you definitely I, made it up. I'm. I'm I'd sa- <laughs> that sounds like an alias. <laughs> Hello, I'm Westbrook von Voorhis. I would like my mail, please. <laughs> my mustache is very yeah. real. Uh, the <laughs> the other choice was uh, Orson Welles. Oh, um, which yeah. would have been interesting, but he was a little. That but he been. needed that. He needed that cake. He needed that. Yeah, he needed. Cake. He needed a little, a little too much cheddar. He was asking for. Oh, Orson he, needs a Got to pay for those fish cakes somehow. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the French. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when I do that? No. <laughs> I want to say yes, but that is uh if you ever and anybody listening at home, screw the Twilight Zone, go on YouTube and look out Orson Welles outtakes and when he was bombed out of his skull trying to sell Paul Masson wine. Paul Masson wine is like basically thund- what is that? Uh T Bird. It's essentially that level of wine. And he was selling it. Oh my god. And he's bombed out of his skull. And there's a bunch of outtakes, and like his opening line is ah the French. And he's supposed to do it like, ah, the French, like that, like, you know, like sophisticated. And he just comes, the camera, right, okay, and action. He's just sitting there blottoed and just goes, ah, the French. I'm not exaggerating it. It's one of the funniest things you've ever seen. The man needed help and nobody gave it to him. He died. <laughs> what the, 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 they said the actor, uh, what's his name? Earl uh, yeah. Holloman. Was uh, pretty much dying while he, they were filming this. They said he was extremely sick. I was reading that he had like, over a hundred and something fever, and the the, the 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 way he's sweating. Oh yeah, he is sweating. So is actually just is not because of the heat of the, his organs are failing. Like that's your... <laughs> his his oh, his wow. body is entering shock. <laughs> and the doctor's like, "That's okay, Earl. Just have some more cigarettes. Helpful, Helpful. cigarettes. Camel cigarettes. Helpful, refreshing <laughs> cigarettes." Sterling was smack was he was doing yes. like three packs uh, a day, you, right? I mean, he passed away. Oh, he was a human ashtray, that man. (laughs) He was out of control. Three to four packs a day. By the way, 50 is like 85 today. Like 50 is like, oh, he lived a long, fruitful life. You know, you can't be mad at that. No, no, he was... He he was in his early twenties in the, at the beginning of this episode. He looks like he's seventy. His mouth, the inside of his mouth, yeah. looked like a Tim Burton set. His he needed to stop smoking. <laughs> it looked like a house of horrors. His mouth. It looks like he's somebody had yeah. just broken his jaw. <laughs> like when he talked, you know what I mean? When you talk like that, when somebody like Michael Michael Corleone after <laughs> Sterling Aiden cracks him in the mouth. Godfather. <laughs> he a crooked cop. You mind if we speak in English? Mind if we speak in Italian? That's what like that's what Rod Serling's mouth looked like. It's like you oh, like people oh. must have ran up to you. Okay, it's like no, it's just like that. There's so much nicotine that coats the walls of my jaw. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that man smoked a lot. Yeah, a lot of it cigarettes. Was, it's like I wonder what's killing me. It's same thing with Earl. It's just like. <laughs> Earl Holloman's like, I heard you're sick, Rod. Did you try cigarettes? It works for me back in 659. That's what the catering table was. There's just cigarettes off the cake. I keep trying cigarettes. I, they don't seem to stop. Oh, the, the lung butter he must have hocked up on a basis. Oh, boy. There was a, they had a twist ending for that. Uh, really? The, that first episode that they didn't air originally. Oh, the, yeah. the novelization? The, Is that what you're talking about? 
Well, he eventually put it in the novelization, but they originally he wanted to, uh, when they bring uh, what was the character's name? Mark, I believe, was his name on the episode. Did they ever say his name? That's what he's credited uh, as. The well, guy, girl. the main character, the only actor in the episode. The guy, you know, the guy. When they're when they're the sh- at the end, they're sh- you know it. He's in a what was the it was like a test they were oh, yeah, doing? government test. They're simulating a trip to the moon. Simulating a trip to the moon, right? And you know the ending is him banging against the the glass to let him out of the the the, the chamber that they had him in. They had him hooked up to all these things and they're dragging him out on a, a stretcher. Also, by the way, yeah. By the way, I want to point out how amazingly transparent the military is <laughs> with their secret oh, tests yeah. with the the press. They were doing this whole insane test. Of a person, like of of a mil like a military test, they're trying to beat the Russians into space, and it's just like like it's like here. So hey, guys in the press, what's going on? Well, here's the limits of what we could do right now. Now you know that, and now the so does the rest of the world. It's like it's so weird that the press is there, like they're there they're yeah. there for like a device, like you know, like they're there so we get an expositional right. device. But it's just odd that they just be talking right. so freely with the press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very loose lipped those uh, Sorry for cutting you off, what were you saying? No, that's fine uh, At the end they're dragging him out on a stretcher And Rod Serling's original ending To that was He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a movie theater ticket Because like right before he woke Wakes up in that chamber He was inside the movie theater that Justin mentioned before that oh, That's interesting His sensitive <laughs> little body so much <laughs> And yeah, and uh, he they cut it because the CBS at the time was it the air on CBS originally? CBS, yeah. CBS, uh, they were still a little cold on it, and they were afraid, you know, too many kind of twists would turn people off. So it's like, ah, lose the twist, Rod, and you got yourself a deal. It's funny watching that, like thinking like these are the th- like like so like it's fifty nine, like we've entered the space race. We're into the Merc. We're a year into the Mercury like uh, program. Like Sputnik's been up, was up in space like two years before. So we're like deep into it. Like this is like what people are talking about. We're going to the moon. We're, we're getting in that friggin' moon. Right. Like by hook or by hook. Right. Those red commie bastards, we're not, they're not beating us. They're not beating us to that damn yeah. moon. And, you know, it's, and we're 10 years out still from when, you know, Stanley, That's 10 insane. years out, 10 years later, Stanley Kubrick fakes the moon landing for <laughs> no, NASA. Oh, God. Inspired by the Twilight <laughs> Zone. See? Yeah. Come join me on my Flat Earth podcast where I spill the beans on all these government secrets. Illuminati, Illuminati, Illuminati. (laughs) Illuminati. Um, Yeah, so like we're like – like people are wondering. Like these are like things people are wondering about. They're like, won't you go crazy up there? Like because you're going to be like in this – it was like, you know, like if you ever watched the the right stuff, the movie The Right Stuff, it's like they're spamming a can. It's just like you're not pressing any buttons. You're just – we just need to see what will happen to you when we put you in space because we don't know. Russia was cool – Russia was cold. Like they just gonna put. It's like yeah. Like it's funny. Like I also thought about like uh, Russia was just like yeah. Let's put a fucking dog in there. Fuck him. <laughs> it's like which is the most messed up thing. Yeah. Like there, like they like we don't know. Like they were training. They were thinking about using they like they were using uh, Air Force pilots and test pilots, but they didn't. They their first like choice was like acrobats. Like they didn't yeah, know they what were, they were doing. They they were, they, they, they were grabbing bumps. Yeah, it's like look at. The, they threw a cabbage in a can, and they just said, "Go get it!" And they closed the door behind it and sent it to space. Yeah, they said, "What like this?" And gone. Tell them. And then in the air they went. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't care. They didn't really value human life over there. So apparently, if our if our propaganda is to be believed, 
<laughs> our filthy capitalist propaganda is to believe they didn't really value life as much as we did. Oh yeah. my Thank God. God Rocky set it straight in Rocky Four when he he he, saw, yeah, he, he, brought, he ended the Cold War. You know, is that that's single-handedly? Uh, it's like, is it the Berlin Wall? It's like no, and Rocky fight fight fought Ivan Drago. That's when the whole thing like came down. That's how I remember it. So the moral of the episode is is this is the last quote, right? It's, he says, "There's one thing we can't simulate. That's a very basic need: man's hunger for companionship, the barrier of loneliness. That's one thing we haven't licked yet." Twenty twenty two, we're doing a pretty good job of simulating companionship. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've like these were the like. I almost I, I watch it's funny like the historical value of it like thinking about that it's like we know how space ended up uh like going to space ended up but it's like funny that people were thinking about it so I watch from that context because that moral I don't understand <laughs> like, like culturally it's like what do you mean being alone for two hmm. weeks that'd be phenomenal listen we're essentially yeah. simulating companionship yeah, right now. Yeah, like nobody thought to like, just throw a radio in there. Like, like they didn't know. Like they didn't think about communication devices back then. Like it's like, yeah, no. It's funny that Serling. I mean, he kicks off the show with this episode, and that's the moral: is that like the one thing we can't simulate is other people. And he's like, that's 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 the takeaway I want for the first episode of this yeah. mammoth undertaking of a series. Is yeah. he was trying to kill yeah. the population? Yeah. I believe was just exactly. making the heads explode again. Yeah, it's just about like it's like he when you watch. Uh, no, I don't want to say he was really like you know I know it sounds corny, but like he was really into the human condition, like like those elements of humanity, and yeah, as broad and as big as they are, he somehow managed to make them seem like they'd never been spoken about before. Right. That's what was really amazing about it. I think that's why the series still uh, resonates, yeah, right? Because I mean, if it was too much about the plot or the crazy twist or the uh, the sci-fi element, it wouldn't really last and stay in people's minds. But the fact that he makes it feel personal kind of puts you in the world and the eyes of, of the protagonist. I think that's why the show, you know, yep. even to this day, is still beloved and, and thought of. Military's pretty cruel too. It's just like, oh, we broke his brain. Next stop, space, young man. It's just like, it's like this one. We've realized, like, well, this one's no good no more. <laughs> throw, throw this pudding head in the can and send him He's up. He's got to the some moon. of that shell shock. Well, have a yeah, have a cigarette. <laughs> have a cigarette and some whiskey. I was also thinking of the like. I was like, I didn't know because I I must have seen this episode before. I definitely have. But I forgot what where it was going, and I, I thought it was going to be like a com like I couldn't remember. It's like oh, when I saw like when I real I saw the military there, I forgot it was about the space race. I'm like oh, is he commenting on like the the MK Ultra tests of the 50s where they're just giving soldiers LSD mm. like crazy? But did people know about that yet? Oh yeah, so right. they were just they are just finding out about that now. Yeah, uh, yeah, so they were just like here, here's a bunch of LSD. Let's see what this does to you. Oh, he's crazy. Okay, let's see the next. Let's see what it does to the next guy. Mm. Let's see if we can, rep Let's see like if we can we repeat thought. those results. <laughs> no, crazy again. Yeah, crazy again. Crazy. Still not. Still God working. Damn. <laughs> the last thing I love. Well, two things. One, the dude orders ham and eggs over easy with hash browns, which is like that's my jam for breakfast. So I, that like made it feel even more mm. personal with me. Uh, one other thing I love about this is Sterling ends the episode with a verbal tease for the next episode, which like. How great would that be today if mm. if you had like David Chase 
at the end of a Sopranos episode being like, hello, folks, next week on The Sopranos, Tony's going to have a dream and Paulie Walnuts will go to his mother's house. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> the verbal dry tease. Yeah, it's Tony grabs a gobble ghoul. Yeah, that might have been the first anime ending because that's how anime shows end. <laughs> Next on Dragon right. Ball Z. What was my last thing I wanted to bring up? Oh, the guy who did the music uh, for the fir- this in the first season. Uh, Bernard Herman, who was Alfred Hitchcock's boy and uh, was like the king of film scoring. Like then, like one of the most renowned, iconic film mm-hmm. scores. And like, and another thing to note, the, the theme song that everybody not I in was- this season. I was going to say that. I said I was genuinely shocked when I turned it on yeah. and I didn't get the do, 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 do. I said, can what? That's not in the first season. And there's a lot of episodes in the first season for the iconic song yeah, yeah. that everyone oh, associates right. with the Twilight Zone. That's to be is season two. Is that, is that what I'm, wow. Yeah, I think it's season two. Yeah, season two, it starts. It starts in season two. There's like 175. Two. So how many episodes are in season one? 30 something? 40 episodes? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. In season one? It's ridiculous, like how seasons were brought up. They must have worked people like mules back then. Give him a cigarette, I'll be fine. Yeah, they put him in the can. Just leave him in there for two weeks. 36. Why not? <laughs> Thirty-six episodes in the first yeah. season. Thirty-six episodes. It ran from October, <laughs> pretty much ran from October till October. Yeah, and that's like in the production. No, October second till, Ju- till until July first. And that weekly. wasn't like small production. Like no. that's a nine-day production schedule for that. That's a lot of day. Like. Episode they don't even do that now. I think for like hour long dramas, like what's it called? Ages of Shield. Like I don't know why I know this. Like actual like production turnaround time was eight days. Is eight days for an hour long special effects laid show for an hour. So nine then it's just like they're wheeling that fucking camera that must be like nine thousand pounds. It's like bring the camera truck. It's like no, it's the camera is the truck. And it's like, yeah, so it must have been. And those lights are hot. It's like they didn't know from LEDs back then. Those are big old tungsten lights. (laughs) And those things are hell. It's either that or the yeah. sun. And yeah, and just beaten down. They didn't have, they, like, a lot of places, like, they had to advertise. We have air conditioning, like, like stores and, like, places that offered it because it wasn't, like, a ubiquitous thing then. So it's just, like, they're all hot. They're all dying in there. And they're just, like, smoking like chimneys. So it just must have been a brutal, like, 36 episodes. Like, that makes me nervous. Just like, And that, like, again, like, not like a week and a half production schedule. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, for each episode, that's because I come from like production background. That made me wince when I read all that. It's like, ooh, I'm excited about this because this is the first time I'm watching the show with a critical eye. Because you know, you you just it's one of those shows you always watch passively, right? It's always yeah, on. It's the always background. on. It's always I throw it on. It's like oh, the Twilight Zone. I'll sit in front of it for ten minutes and then I end up you know having a conversation yeah. or eating. Yeah, it's like oh, I'll put it on to go to. It's like one of those shows I like to put on to go to sleep, like old TV shows. Right. It's like I find that relaxing. Yeah. But I'm excited to deep dive into this. Uh Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to watching some of these epi- like like John said earlier, seeing some of these episodes and being like, "Oh, wait, right. I remember this one." It's like cuz you always have you have those iconic ones in in your head. Uh to serve man and 20,000, you know, uh, terror at yeah. uh, 20,000 feet. Nightmare at 20,000 feet. You know, those are the the ones that everyone remembers. It's the these little ones, like like this episode, the first episode. Maybe I've seen I've seen it before, but yeah, that I don't. Rem- you know, there's not one that sticks out in my head. But after watching it, it's like, wow, this was this was like this 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 episode was poignant. This made like a you know you felt something. It's a solid like yeah. It's not it's not on anybody's top ten list, but it's like 
this is like just the, the pilot. It's just like it's already full. It comes out. It's pretty much fully formed the show, like tonally in terms yeah. of like the aesthetic, which is kind of amazing. And it's like, and it was solid. Like it's like, oh wow, like this was just a random episode, and it was solid. Well, it's not the random; it's the first one. But I mean, yeah. it's like. I'm excited to see because I've only yeah you've only over time you only stick around for the episodes. You oh by the way you know what this means right? We're gonna have to do that one season where they changed the format to hour long that we always avoided growing up. Oh no, I didn't even think. Yeah, that. I'm I'm interested to see how that yeah. goes because maybe it's better than I thought. Like I remember because I remember always mm. tuning those episodes out. Yeah, th- like is that season much. four? I don't remember, but I think it might be season four because I remember. I don't remember. Like, well, we'll find out. And then out. there's that weird half a season. I think it's season two where they changed the format from film to video for like to cut down production costs. Like half the season shot on video. Really? Yeah. You're, See, I don't ever remember. And that. Uh, I remember not being turned off by those when I was younger, but I think I'll like it more now because, like, uh, old video is really spooky now to me. Like, uh, I love, like, old uh, 80s shot-on-video horror films. That's, like, a weird thing I'm obsessed with at the moment. And it's just because it's just – it's the format's so off-putting. Like, old video is weird to look at. Like, when you watch, like, uh, the show Dark Shadows, like, old soap operas from the 60s, it's a very odd-looking – it's just – it feels like it's very – it's accidentally surreal, like, all the time. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. Because I, I have vague memories of watching those episodes. So I'm excited. I'm excited. And, we, of course, we've got to do the movie at one point. Oh, yeah. We're going to go everything. and all. Everything that's Twilight Zone related, related we're going to – everything that's Twilight Zone related. Are we going to do the 80s series? Because I don't remember that. Like, I don't know if we – I don't remember it at all. That's when – that's the, the <laughs> time in the marathon when those come on. As soon as I see color, yeah. I change the channel. I just remember the Bruce Willis one vaguely. Does it... You know what? For the longest time, I had a memory of – the Bruce Willis episode, and for some reason, always confusing it with Moonlight. <laughs> and for like, I had, I said, wait a minute, this is a Twilight Zone episode, and I don't know why it was Moonlighting. It was in my head. Was it? They, they probably were around the same time. I have I'd a imagine. theme on my phone. I love that. That song's a, a bang. Moonlighting. Yeah. <laughs> some walk by night, some fly by day. I'm just a stranger. And I think this is the perfect spot to end uh, our first episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you all sticking with us on this first episode of Zoning Out. I'm Christopher Feinstein, joined with John Sachs. Frank Bonacci, writer, director of the feature on YouTube. Justin, aka Judd. Wait, Judd, this is the, was just your first time seeing this episode? Uh, so I was telling Chris earlier, and I probably should have said this, but no, I thought it was. I thought I'd never watched this, but I think over COVID, I was like, I'm going to watch the Twilight Zone. And I watched this episode and didn't watch any more of it just because, you know, I had way too many, way too, way too many options during that time. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed it then. And I didn't remember it until I started watching it. And I really enjoyed it again, watching it, you know podcast but did you during that time did you walk <laughs> yes. by night did you fly by day did you yes. know that i'm just a stranger that you met along the way ladies and gentlemen thank you for zoning out with us all right